Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Welcome to Saints History, told and experienced the way God intended it, with excessive amounts of alcohol and cursing. The booze is probably bourbon because... Their alcohols are for rich women on diets. Now, here's your drunk Saints History host, who is... Bombed out of his gourd. If you call me Chris Everett to my face one more time... I already did twice. Better, you better... No, one more time, we better st- take a station break. Well, it's a five-minute segment. A five-segment show. We got a long way to go. Well, we do. We got a long way to go. We do. I'll get a couple segments out of well, it. I'm glad to be here with you, though. Well, it's good you to know, see you, too. We've been talking yeah. like this behind my back for a long but time. But now I said it right here. Right. Exactly. Well, we got no problem well, I think with that. It, I think that you, you probably won't say it again. That I do. Okay. Chris? <laughs> All right, you people, you 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 donated for the drunk history, and we love you for it. And I got a special guest. I I got you know we do it with Andrew and we do it with Dave and Kevin, but I got to get special guests on the internet. My guy, Preston Ellis of the Bird Rights, go there, people. The Pelicans, they're they're you're gonna hear this in May, so they may be eliminated in playoffs, but they probably won't be. They'll probably be on like game five, six versus Golden State, Preston. Right when the people hear this, like that's when it'll be. Before we start talking about the Pelicans, I just want to say thank you to you guys. I listen to you guys every single week on my way to work, and you guys tickle me fucking pink. I think you guys, like, not only do such a great job of, like, capturing what it's like to be a New Orleans Saints fan, you guys are just downright entertaining, and you make me laugh, and you talk about sports in a way that really makes it fun. Like, so many times we have to, like, stop ourselves from, like, being down in the dumps and being negative and just, like, criticizing no, sports is No, sports is not serious. Sports is fucking fun. I don't like they got serious stuff in the world. They got Syria problems and political problems. Like sports isn't it's fun. It's supposed to be fun. And if it's not fun, you're not doing it. And that's why we do drunk history, because people said, hey, y'all need to talk about Saints history. I don't know it. They got a lot of new fans post Katrina. And that's why I picked you because you're about my age and you die hard. And we and we we me and me and Preston will be honest. We were talking about like what can we do this like the most random fucking drunk Saints history ever. <laughs> so and Preston's like, let's do let's do Jim Everett. And I was like, fucking, we're there. So that's what we're doing. We're doing Jim Everett. We're doing the Jim Everett years. And probably people are gonna be like, oh, I don't care. But you're gonna love it if you listen. Like, okay, so the Saints had had their dome patrol. And they were awesome in Jim Moore years, and they, the defense was phenomenal. And then they they got rid of Bobby Aver, and they got Wade Wilson, and they went down to eight and eight. And then, starting in '94, the Saints like they signed Michael Haynes from Atlanta, and they traded for Jim Everett. And at the time, Preston, but you remember, people were like, "What the fuck are they doing? Why would the Rams give the Saints Jim Everett? They're in the same division. This is the 90s, right? It was the Rams, the Saints, Atlanta, and San Francisco in the NFC West. And Saints fans were like, they traded for Chris Everett. He's in the division. If the Rams thought he was any good, they wouldn't trade him to the Saints. And so people were down on him. But as people, as they heard the audio to begin this podcast, Preston, 
people started to get excited about Jim Everett when he went on the Jim Rome show, which was like on ESPN two at the time, probably at like midnight. And Jim Rome had like invented the Chris Everett nickname apparently. And Jim Everett was mad and he went on there and he was like, don't call me Chris. Don't call me Chris. And then he fucking went at Rome and it was awesome. And it turned people kind of pro Jim Everett, right? Like I'll admit, like, I got kind of pumped. I was like, Jim Everett, man, showing some balls, taking it to Jim Rome. First of all, I have to say that my cocktail is delicious right now. And uh, I'm drinking Jack and Coke. Very nice. Uh, So so before we, like, preface Jim Everett and what it took to get him to New Orleans, we first have to, like, educate the guys who who might not have been watching football in 1991, 92, about Carl Smith and about the mm-hmm. lack of any passing attack that had ever taken place. And with that being said, the defense is out of town. Wade Wilson comes to the Saints in 1993, and Bobby Hebert responds in Atlanta by having a pro ball type season. He throws for more touchdowns than he's ever had. So New Orleans is pissed. They're like, what the hell, Jim Finks? All of a sudden we we cut Bobby Aber loose and now we we instead of yeah. blaming Bobby Aber for like shit in the bed for years and years and years now we point to Carl Smith and we say you didn't take advantage of Bobby Aber's strengths and we, and oh, we Bobby Aber his ninety three season by the way that's the, the best season of his career is twenty four touchdowns and seventeen picks and a four percent interception rate and. 61% completion, which was the highest he'd ever had. Oh, no, he'd been, he'd been a little bit better for the Saints. But, like, it wasn't like Bobby Hebert in 93. Like, it wasn't that great. Like, it was still kind of eh. Dude, yeah. I was 10 years old, and I went <laughs> to the Georgia Dome for my first ever game in a neighboring uh, arena. And, of course, it was our hated rivals. This is just like two or three years after the 1991 Deion Sanders game. And that 98 – I have never seen anything like a 98-yard touchdown pass in my <laughs> life. And it broke me. And as he, like, caught it and started streaking down, I thought that my heart was just going to leap out of my chest and explode. I was so yeah. heartbroken. Watching and then Bobby. he does the he does the, the wings oh man it's just fucking awful and the thing is the 93 saints the thing that made it worse is they started five and oh and then they went in the spiral so like so that's a good preface of like the saints like 93 it crashed and burned and their their defense just was completely it like their defense fell apart way which is people don't realize it. their defense fell apart way faster than their offense did. Their offense has always been kind of mediocre. And if you go back and look at it, like it's not that bad. It's like 10 to 20. Their third down is not as bad as you remember. Cause back then all you had to go on the saints, right? Preston, you, you read the paper, you listen to buddy D and that's how you got your saints news. And that influenced your opinion. You couldn't like dig up stats and say, well, they're not, bad at running their this and that like now you can argue with people and you have like it was hard to get fucking stats in the nfl you you know it was it wasn't like you just go to google and type it in you no. know no, you had like Robert Piggoff, you had Joe Johnson in his rookie year, Wayne Martin got hurt that year, then you have Joel Smingy Smeans, I can't even remember how to say his name because he was always hurt. You've got Sam Mills, who was just like one or two years away from going to San Francisco and, and Carolina, excuse me. You've got mm-hmm. Winfred Tubbs, who's a third round pick. You've got Ronaldo Turnbull, who is now like one year past like his his best season in New Orleans. After that, you've got like Carl Lee, Tyrone uh, Leggett, you've got Vince Buck. Oh, fucking Carl Lee, I forgot about him. 
and, Dude, and the bad corners, man. Chris or uh, excuse me, Jim Everett at this point in 1993, he was hurt. He had like eight touchdown passes, 12 interceptions. So, yeah. so, you know, the Rams think that he's washed up. We get him for a seventh round pick. And now we're he's... coming in. We're like, screw the dome patrol, dude. We're going to be the fastest show on turf. We're going to be uh, whatever those, uh, yeah. the run and gun offense that the, that the Atlanta Falcons were known for with like Jim Miller and stuff. We're going to blow the roof off this place. We're just going to pass, pass, pass. And I think he did get 4,000 yards passing. Anyway, I'm jumping the gun. Let's go back to Jim Rome. And I have to ask you, man, because this has been like gossip rumor mill ever since like 1994 is that so so we've got some quotes from from Skipper Walsh, like from ESPN. And he says he went too far, but we don't think this represents the body of work that Jim has done up for for, you know, 140 shows (laughs) or whatever. And and they they obviously like had this conversation about it beforehand. Jim Rome said, Jim said to us, that's fair. Let's do it. It's not malicious. It's all in good fun. It's going to be verbal jousting. Let's do it. But then Jim gets on the show and loses his fucking shit within 30. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. (sighs) Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. 30 seconds. Like, you can't say that this wasn't calculated. Do you think this was a setup, or do you think, like, Jim just, like, weaseled his way into the studio so that he could, like, body slam Jim Rome? I think... I think what happened as I as the clip we played at the beginning, I watched it. It was so it's so great. I think what happened was Jim Everett expected him to call him Chris, and then be like, "Okay, you call me Chris. I met you face to face. Now you can say it to my face. You said it to my face. Okay, let's move it along and go to the interview." And it got antagonistic like really quick. And Rome like could have. It, it suddenly he got in the corner where like Jim Everett was like, you can't do it again. So Jim Rome was like, I got to do it again. I can't yeah. like, I can't like, <laughs> I can't like Jim Rome's whole thing is like, he's an asshole and he doesn't back down and he treats his guests and his callers like shit. Like that's his radio. That's his whole shtick. So like Jim Everett kind of put him in a corner that I don't think they were e- either of them thought they would get there. And it just kind of, it just kind of got there. I think maybe Jim ever thought that he would like call him Chris a couple times and move it along. And it didn't happen. And he dumped him over the table. And he's like, and you see the video, he's like leaning over him. And dude, it like turned the Jim ever trade. Like people were calling into buddy D they were pumped about it. They're like, fucking Hey man, Jim Everett's not taking any shit. He's making a comeback. The thing was though, he was only 30, which we think of it now, but like 30 for a quarterback was old in 94, 93, 94, you know? Um, but the interesting thing about that, that saints team was, um, they had Michael Haynes. They had Quinn Er, you know, they had Quinn early, they had um, – Don't forget Torrance Small. 
you know? Yeah, they had Torrance Small. They had Wesley Walls, who they got. He was a beat-up guy. He would catch 38 and 50 and then go to Carolina. That was the problem with the Saints. They they didn't know how to do free agency. They weren't proactive, and he would leave. But those 93 team, man, that, that team, they they still scored about the same. You know, the the the, the um the 93 team and the 92 team, they were 9-10 in offense and points scored. Uh, the Saints were ninth, but their defense just went off a cliff. But the thing was, like, if you look at Jim Everett, man, like he was, he like, like, and this, this is going to have people just, they're going to lose their f- fucking minds, Preston, but I'm just going to say it. Jim Everett's two years at quarterback for the Saints, his two good years are the best Saints quarterback years before Aaron Brooks and Drew Brees. And it's not even really fucking close. Dude, like, check this out. Like in his three seasons, really two and a half seasons, because of course that interim year with, with Jim Moore at 96. Yeah. He was already the third most prolific passer in New Orleans history in two and a half years. Two and a half years. Two and a half years. <laughs> two and a half years. <laughs> like all it took was a thirty-eight and a thirty-nine. Like basically, he had basically four thousand yards and thirty-nine hundred yards. That's all it took to get yeah. him thirty-nine hundred yards and four thousand yards in nineteen ninety-five. That's a pretty damn good uh, stat line, even in today's NFL. No, the thing is, the ninety-five team though, they were fucking terrible on defense. A lot of those yards he was chasing because they they were bad. Like that defense, like their defense, just like that's the thing in football, man. You 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 can kind of see it in Seattle. Like you get old and you just like boom. They're just like, what happened? Our defense was number one, and now we can't stop the run, and sh- it's done. But um, I don't, it, I don't want to be insensitive, but um, I, I remember Jim Fink's like passed away, and I want to say it was sometime in the summer of 1994. And Bill Kuharik like wasn't promoted to general manager; he had some kind of like I don't know mysterious role. Like, no, they did the, they did the, they did the three headed. Buddy <laughs> D used to call it the. I'm burping. Buddy D used to call it the good ship lollipop. It was Kuharik. Mora and Jim Miller and Buddy D asked him. He's like, he Jim 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 Mora. He's like, well, well Kuharik's the general manager. Do you answer to him? Jim Mora's like, no. <laughs> Buddy D's like, well, who do you answer to? He's like, I'm the owner. The owner, Tom mentioned, but he's like, well, the three of y'all, y'all are all equal power. And Jim Mora was like, kinda, but Jim Mora really kind of ran it, and it just like it didn't work. The thing was like with the, with the ninety the ninety four ninety. 94, 95, 96 Saints, like free agency was just starting and the Saints just fucking didn't know what to do it. They just didn't know how to run it. They like, they weren't proactive. They didn't have a plan. They were always like, oh shit, this player left. Let's go. Like, it was always like the Saints were always in a panic scramble mode in free agency. Like, that's the thing that fans don't realize now, like with Mickey Loomis and all, like, you know, the Saints, they have a plan. They're like, okay, we're going to try to get Jimmy Graham. Oh, we, it, it, it didn't work out with Jimmy Graham. We're going to spend the money here. And they always have like a backup plan, you know, with their, like last year, they tried to get um, Zietler, right? A guard didn't work out. So they get Warford like 20 minutes later, right? They're always on it. Like the Saints and Carrick was never fucking on it. And, you know, the fun thing was though, with the with Jim, with the Jim Everett team present, they threw the ball all over the place. Like he, you know, he threw it five hundred forty times, five hundred sixty seven times. Like they couldn't run the ball, and they were always behind. But it was fun. Like it was a fun. Like they they weren't necessarily winning, but it was fun, and if it, it felt a lot better than the like the the pre 
the good the, with the Dome Patrol offense, is it, like you said, it felt like it was more exciting and fun. Yeah, they definitely had a lot of weapons, and that was like sexy. I remember uh, 94. This is a, the only game from the Jim Everett uh, era that I really remember was when Torrance Small had like 170-something <laughs> yards and like three touchdowns, and we ended up winning 30-28. to 28. That was exciting football, but partially like and and you can help me with this i can't remember if it was 94 or 95 i think it was 94 but the the saints had to had to pass the ball so much because lorenzo neal fucking broke mario bates jaw do you remember that oh i forgot about that i think oh is that 90 is that uh i can't remember yeah exactly. because i think that's it because mario bates only 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 played 11 games that was the year I can't remember which year it was. I just remember Lorenzo Neal. <laughs> I forgot. Preston, you have a better memory. <laughs> I forgot about that. Lorenzo Neal fucking broke Mario Bates' jaw. I'm, I'm Googling it right now, and the first thing I find is, like, Lorenzo Neal just saying, hey, I lost my cool. We had words. I threw a punch. There's nothing to discuss. What do you mean there's nothing to discuss? You just, like, can crippled you, our running game for can you, can you imagine that today? <laughs> if the Saints were, like, John Kuhn broke Kamara's face. Oh my God. We'd be oh like, pitchforks. We'd be like, John Kuhn, get your fucking ass out of town. Well, they they're not bringing back John Kuhn, but I'm just using his name because I can't think of the I can't think of the the fullback that the Saints just signed. Um, but they'd be like, get pack up your shit and get out of town because we're going to murder you. You know, but Mario Bates, <laughs> like, like wasn't um Zach well, Line is the we, we didn't know because he was a. He, I think he was the second round pick that year, so there yeah. was a lot of expectations. Von Dunbar was gone, of course. Dalton yeah. Hilliard was gone, so we we had a lot of faith in this Mario second round pick. I looked it up; he was from somewhere in Arizona. Broke his jaw, so for two months <laughs> we we just don't have a running back. I think Lorenzo Neal took the the bulk of the carries. This like two hundred fifty pound bowling ball is now our our primary scat back. And he 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 was coming off a hideous broken leg, so he couldn't run. They had Derek Brown who started out like a house of fire the year before but ended up not being any good like yeah it was tough times dude it was tough times <laughs> and in, in in addition to that like uh there there was that one game but he was really impressive that year the and and they didn't start off as badly as in 95 95 was like kind of the dumpster fire but they're 0 two they win a game against tampa a low scoring game all of a sudden they're like a two and three we have some optimism and then we go into the buy and it's just like three and six or something and then we're at that point yeah. like oh man the, the dynasty is like truly done and then people start asking like questions like this this isn't like a jim moore type team now all of a sudden we're slinging it we're throwing the ball for four thousand yards yeah. a game and, and we've got jimmy spencer playing free safety uh, oh, like, fuck. we've got bill kuharik and this three-headed monster of jim miller and he and jim mora and, and the writing is kind of on the wall and it's like we we trace it back to wade wilson and bobby aver as to like how did we get here and how did we end up you've got bill kuharik like kind of like stepping into the yeah. light and saying like defense doesn't get us anywhere so we need to come out and pass and now now it's just all <laughs> falling apart and you can you can kind of see at that point in time where like the game just kind of like passed like the USFL Jim Mora by. Yeah, I mean a little bit. And, and also too, like they were really bad and they finished up. They played like really shitty teams to end to kind of like – because they were four and eight and they they rallied up and, and went like three and one and finished seven and nine. And, you know, you know, the only good team they played there was Dallas on a Monday night. It was rocking. They, it was close, but they lost. But there was still – I mean like you didn't feel like – you didn't feel like it was really over – until uh you know 90 
96, really. Yeah. But 90, 95, man, 95, that team, they started out 0-5, but they fucking rallied back and got to like 6-7, and seven, went to Atlanta, and just lost a fucking heartbreaker where Morton Anderson kicked like four 50-yard field goals to just like fucking stick the knife in them, right? But the thing was, like Jim Everett in that – he was so – good that second year i mean 68 percent completion uh 26 touchdowns 14 interceptions like that's the best saints quarterback season ever up to that point like archie never put up anywhere near as good a numbers you know and it wasn't like they couldn't run and he was throwing it he threw it three 570 times like you know uh yes. 61 and 64 percent in back-to-back seasons that was by far the best season any saints quarterback had had in that point in time let me tell you this ralph because this is something that i just looked up so jim everett uh at his university he he held the record for most passing yards in a season by any boilermaker purdue quarterback guess who broke jim isn't that incredible but like jim everett is still like in, in the history books, he's 14th in passing. He's 15th in completions. Of course, he has, like, that record from, I think it was, like, 87 against the Saints where he yeah. threw for, like, of course, like, Bill Kuharik goes out and gets Wade Wilson, who, like, crushed the Saints in their first playoff game. And then yeah. he goes out and gets Jim Everett, who threw for 336 games to Flipper Anderson. But, like... I, I, I think like can you imagine like if Jim Everett like his six foot five frame and his arm like are things any different if he's like piloting the twelve and four Saints in nineteen ninety two? Oh, to- well, the thing is though the the, the ninety two team they didn't have they didn't have Wesley Walls at tight end they had Quinn Early you know they didn't they they didn't it would I How think dare it would have been say that about Hobie Brenner. I think they would have been. I think it would have been better because I, I am a Bob, and, and we're going to do a drunk history on Bobby Abair at another time with maybe Andrew. But I'm a Bobby Abair hater. I think Bobby Abair is fucking terrible. I think he's the most overrated player in Saints history. I think he was a replacement level quarterback. Never any better. He threw a ton of. He threw a ton of picks on a team that desperately needed a quarterback not to throw picks. Don't say that yeah. where Steve Walsh can hear you. I'm, you know, uh, uh, you know, I think Bobby Abair is like, he's not even as good as Bortles for Jacksonville. You know, like if, if, if they, if they, if this, if the 91, 92 Saints existed today, we'd be like, get rid of Abair, get rid of him, get rid of him, get rid of him. Because the advanced stats people, all of it would be like, he's terrible. He's replacement level. Get us a quarterback. You know, whereas back in then we're like, well, he's pretty good. He's local and this and that, um, you know, but the thing is that was fun about Jim Everett is, is two things I remember about him is like, he had a game where I want to say it was the Rams in 95 where like Jim Everett was kind of getting fed up with the offense. Like it was kind of struggling and, um, and it was it was they they had lost two in a row and they 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 lost to the Raiders and they lost to San Francisco and they only scored nineteen forty and he like basically called out Carl Smith and they played the Rams and you know he wants to stick it to the Rams and I want to look at, I'm looking at his box score because he was because he was just freaking amazing in that game Preston 
Yeah, he was he was sacked five times, uh, but he had a great stat line. It was 60%. It was like something like 24 or 40. Like they came out and they slung the ball all game long. And I, I definitely want to bring that up because that reminds me of something. The reason that Jim Rome called him Chris Everett was because I, I want to say it was 89. It was something in the playoffs against the 49ers. It was kind of like that Brett Favre, Michael Strahan sack where Jim Everett had been repeatedly hit so many times that one time he dropped back to pass and he just fell down because he thought that somebody was bearing over for him and you just have to like wonder like all all the punishments and the beatings that he took in that season like uh, and then he ends up in new orleans but in in that game <laughs> against the rams five sacks so like he he was i think he lost like 36 yards i've got him in front of me now 247 passing yards which like at that point in time is only like six yards per pass which isn't very good but like these guys were relying on him you look at the stat lines all the way down he's averaging somewhere around like 35 there's 48 passes against Carolina at the yeah. time like this team was 100% following the Jim Everett train yeah like they well they they were like they, they were second because that back then they had 28 teams they were they were they're fucking DFL and running the, or 27 and running the ball they like they literally they couldn't run the ball and they ran they started running three and four wide receivers like all the time and 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 that's the thing with that's the thing with me as, as you, if you go back and you look at those Saints teams, like people give Carl Smith a lot of shit. And I'm not saying he was a great offensive coordinator, or even good, but those Saints teams, man, they were limited. They had, they had, they won a division title where their leading running back didn't crack 600 yards. Like, you know, the, the, this idea that like, if they'd have just, if Carl Smith just would have called different plays, like it would have been better. Like, no man, the Saints offense was limited. And the funny thing was by the time they fixed the passing game in 94, 95, the defense was, was crap. You know, just like you said, you put Jim Everett and Wesley walls and, and Michael Haynes on those, you know, that's what they needed. They needed a quarterback to do one or two things in a playoff game. Bobby Bear couldn't, um, you know, but those teams were fun and they had Tyrone Hughes and that sort of thing. Um, you know, uh, but it, it really fell apart. Like, like for Jim Everett, like, like the, the, the 96, uh, saying it fell apart rapidly, Preston, which I, I, have, I, I guess tell, I have to tell a story real quick because when I was a little okay, kid, I, I burned the, cr- so we, we had this awful pool that we never ended up using because we never cleaned it and it was disgusting, but uh, we had a heater to it, uh, which why the hell does anybody need a pool heater in New Orleans? I think we turned that thing on like twice in my entire life. But anyway, so I'm like running through the sprinklers and all the stuff. And my dad's got a video camera and we're just having a gay old time, just running around in the yard. And I jump up on the heater and I burn the crap out of my feet. I think I had like second degree burn. I go to the hospital, ask me who my nurse was. Who was your nurse? It was Tyrone Hughes's mom. Wow. So I got to go to like all this like cool stuff that Tyrone Hughes was doing, like all these press. I, I think I probably got his autograph like five or six times, but uh, I can't remember which Rams matchup it was where it was 37 to 34, where he had the two kickoff returns for touchdowns and the Rams had that like rock me to sleep punt return for a touchdown where just like yeah, you know, oh, yeah. touch the ball but man was he electric of course like there was also like the fumbling and stuff but I, I I'm not sure if we've ever had like as dynamic a returner as Tyrone Hughes uh and and I mean that like in good and bad ways like for every like 60 yard kickoff return he would also like fumble away a punt so he was definitely like the highs and lows but it was like such a wild two-year ride to like have such an explosive offense and such an explosive special teams and just like have such a terrible <laughs> defense 
Yeah. Tyron, who's a 92-yard kickoff return and a 98-yard kickoff return for touchdowns. Like, they they kicked to him again after he went 92 (laughs) yards. It's the Rams like a, are like, fuck it, we're kicking to fuck it, we're kicking to you again. They're like, we can beat him again. It's just like the Vikings and Reggie Bush. Whenever they're like, <laughs> hey, the the third time when they accidentally kicked to him again, and he almost had three punt returns for a touchdown. But man, like <sighs> Tyron Hughes was awesome. Anyway, we're getting off of Jim Everett. Uh, but man, <laughs> six foot five, two ten, like a cannon for an arm. And and you said that like you know. Carl Smith was doing what he could with what he had, but I can't remember exactly what the numbers were, but I think in 91 and 92, the saints like had historic numbers, like holding their opponents to like 210 points. Oh, the, the, the saints, the saints offenses. I mean, defense of 91, 92 were historic. The 91 defense, they, they were 210 and 201 points. I mean, it was, it was their defense was, they went, they went basically like, I want to say in 91, um, the Saints went almost um, like a, like a, like six weeks without allowing a touchdown. Like it was like it was crazy. And that's and that why it was so it was so frustrating because you saw Jim Everett and you were like, man, this slightly above average offense would have been awesome four years ago. You know, <laughs> yeah, and then in '94, the Saints allow 30, 38, 9, 24, 27, 17, 36, 37, 21, 33, 24, 35, 31, 29, 24, and 30 points. Like, I, I don't know what that boils down to, probably like something like 350 points, but <laughs> ah, man. If, if we just would have had, I, I, I don't know, like Jim, 94, Jim, 407 points allowed, 27 to 28. Oh my god, know? but I mean, that's the thing, like. Like Jim Everett, historically, he's like forgotten because the Saints were terrible. And but clearly, if you rank Saints quarterbacks, look, Breeze would be one. And I'll fight people to the death, but Aaron Brooks is second best quarterback in Saints history. Don't oh, fucking at no, me. Oh, it's it's just the two thousand. What what was the movie? Uh, any given Sunday. It, I, I feel like any given Sunday, like glorified Aaron Brooks to this pedestal because he he was living all of our Jamie Fox fantasies by really? like coming really in. Re- yeah, just coming in and replacing Jeff Blake and leading us to. We had never won a playoff game, of yeah. course. So like we go and we beat St. Louis the very next week, his like first like official game starting after I think it was the Raiders, and then of course he wins that game thirty one to twenty eight. Hakeem drops the ball, and all of a sudden, like that second, he's immortalized and. You, Ralph, forget, like, the other four years of just, like, dropping back to pass and just, like, throwing the ball aimlessly behind him 10 yards while the defenders all, like, run under. Like, what, what was – how many, how many like, mindless fumbles that were not caused did Aaron Brooks, like, create? A lot. I mean, he fumbled a lot. He fumbled a lot. But here's the thing. Like, he – like, if you look at his – if you look at his uh, – his career – like, his career stats, like, he's got – you know, he had year where he had – 26, 27, 24 touchdowns. He had 24 touchdowns, eight interceptions, 21 and 16. Like he, he frustrated us, but like when you put him up against every other quarterback at Saints, he's good. And that's the thing with Jim Everett. Like you said, he had two and a half good years and he shot up the charts because basically Archie, we love him. And he's like, you know, the, I hate the, like the patron saint of like all the suffering and and like old saints old faint saints fans have to believe he's good because if they if they admit that Archie's terrible then from 1970 to 1986 you basically rooted for a trash pile 
and Archie was all you had. And if you admit that he's not that good, then you admit that like a, a 15 years of your life was wasted on nothing. So I get that like old timers like cling to Archie because they have to. But like Archie never put up any good years, but you can argue that up and down. Go to Sports Illustrated, Google Paul Zimmerman, Paul Zimmerman, blah, blah, blah. see Preston. <laughs> I'm, I'm drinking too much. Paul's at Google Paul Zimmerman, Archie Manning. He has a feature on Archie, and it's amazing. But, yeah, I mean, Jim Everett, the reason why I brought up – I wanted to do him is just because it's just like a gateway to this, like, forgotten time of Saints where it's like between the – you know, the Dome Patrol was over. The Ditka comedy show was yet to start. So we had this, like, murky middle of the decline of the Jim Mora years, which – you know, it's it's interesting, and the Saints had a lot of heartache in those games, the, the Morton Anderson four field goal game. You know, they also had a game, they were down 14 nothing, and they hadn't even touched the ball. Like, Atlanta scored, the Saints fumbled the kickoff, Atlanta scooped it up and scored, and the Saints were down 14 nothing. they came back to beat Atlanta. I remember I was at that game, I drove in from Baton Rouge, and I arrived late. I, I, was, I arrived like three minutes late. I sat down, I was like, what the fuck is this? They're down 14 nothing. And my mom was like, yeah, I don't... I, I don't know. They fumbled a kickoff or something and, and Atlanta picked it up and ran it in. I'm like, there's 12, there's 13 minutes and 45 seconds. How can you be down 14 to nothing? It's impossible. But they were because they're I the think, Saints. I think it's just like a stark contrast. I think I think that was like the point in time when they realized they had to go in a different direction from Jim Mora because like 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 I said, defense had like carried them for so long and they thought like let's restart this. Let's let's try to keep up with the league and with the, yeah. the Cowboys and that three-headed monster and with the the 49ers and Steve Young and and Jerry Rice and uh Ricky Waters and let's try to develop our own like three-headed monster. And and it just fell apart for them and and we'll have to do another like drunk history month on some of <laughs> Jim Moore's most memorable quotes in 1996 because that was uh I, I think like to this day I think if you like rank head coaches for like most uh I don't know uh YouTube worthy content he still has Jim to, Moore's like, first ballot hall like Jim there Jim Mora is pantheon of of coach sound bites I don't you you could you could talk Super Bowl championships whatever Jim Moore is in the pantheon he's got his best stuff isn't even people think of him a playoffs play that isn't even in his top five like just, if you if you rank if you know all his saints material my god the man like i have to sit preston i'm gonna have to do it one day and just like edit all the clips because you can't have that podcast show without me running the clips um so yeah so i guess as we wrap up this jim like jim everett history you 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 i rank jim everett i would say in saints quarterback history Breeze, Aaron Brooks, uh, Bobby, Archie, Jim Everett, I would rank him fifth because he only had two years. But I would say Jim Everett's best years with the Saints are probably – he's probably – if you rank Saints' individual years, Jim Everett's 1995 season with the Saints would probably rank – after you rank the top eight of Breeze's years, you'd probably put like one Aaron Brooks year and Jim Everett. So Jim Everett has like a top 10 Saints quarterback year and he has a better, better year than Archie or Bobby ever had, which is, which is weird to say because it's forgotten, but I would rank him. I'd probably rank him the fifth best quarterback in Saints history. Fourth, maybe if I'm, if I'm really drunk right now and I hate Bobby Hebert because he caused me so much pain as a child. 
Uh, I rank him fourth. Fuck it, Preston. I say Jim Everett's the fourth best quarterback in Saints history. And you have to be careful because yeah. Bobby Aver and Jim Moore are still like prevalent members of the New Orleans media. And I think Jim Moore like just got caught cursing on live television. Just like, I don't remember. I think it was like back in December. He was like guesting into some New Orleans talk show. I think it was like WWE. No, he does. Yeah, he does. He does the, he does the post game for Channel 6, man. And yeah, he, he got just, caught cursing. <laughs> he's great. Like they should make – they should put Jim – they should put Jim Moore on the Monday night booth because Jim Moore is in his 80s and he does not give a fuck. Dude, like, who's gonna and he don't be, Henderson. He and he he is past his bedtime for Monday Night Football <laughs> presence, so it would be really cranky. Like Jim Moore on Monday Night Football would be a star because eighty year old men don't give a shit about anything. Like he'll just start cursing at players, start telling how bad they play. Like it would be fun. It, it would be awesome. I definitely, I definitely would love to see that. I also want to know, like, about Jim Henderson, who's going to replace him. I don't know if you know that, but uh, what what I wanted to say is, and, and this is like a whole other conversation. I think like Jim <laughs> Everett basically is like definitely the third best quarterback at that point in his career. After that, like Aaron Brooks and, and Drew Brees, you can definitely argue that he'd be top five, unless you want to argue for Danny Werfel, which is another <laughs> fun topic to talk about. <laughs> but let me ask you this, Ralph: If Jeff Blake comes back in two thousand and one and starts. Rank him in your top five. Probably that's a good. See, that's another like whole drunk history. Like, like we need to do a drunk history of like what if, like what if scenarios for the Saints. Dude, I still you have know? all my two thousand like Saints digests and my VHS uh, <laughs> real stuff. Dude, I was I was obsessed with Jeff Blake and and I just like I remember that that ensuing off season. Like I was a big Aaron Brooks fan and I loved what he did and I loved like the playoff victory. But I still like wholeheartedly was one of those people who was like, you should not lose your job due to injury if you're seven yeah. and three for a team that the year before was three and thirteen. You on deserve another Earth, opportunity on. On Earth 2, that Saints team, Jeff Blake stayed healthy, Ricky Williams stayed healthy, and they won the ultra-shitty NFC and went to the Super Bowl and got housed by Baltimore because Baltimore had the greatest defense of all time. Or maybe Baltimore played a bunch of shitty offenses and the Saints figured it out and did something crazy and won. But on Earth 2, the 2000 Saints at least went to the Super Bowl. And you can't prove me wrong. Dude, is that a DC uh, See, league universe uh, homage right it there? It is. Your- See, that's how that's how <laughs> fucking drunk I am right now. I'm doing, com- I'm just making up comic book stuff, which I don't even know about. <laughs> the Flash. I mean, it, look, <laughs> look, people, you paid for this. It went on. I don't. I can't tell for the drunk history if people enjoy it when we get factual. Or they enjoy it when we get off the rails like me and you did. We started with Jim Everett. We talked about the, the, the decline of Jim Mora. Then we went to the 2000 Saints. Then we looped back around and did the rankings of all-time quarterbacks. I don't know if people like it when we go off the rails or they're like, fuck, I can't believe I paid for this shit. But either way, we already have your money, so just listen to it and enjoy it. <laughs> it's the May episode. So uh, quick prediction, Preston. The people will get this on the first – day of may may 1st oh so okay. when they get it as an ending note of this will the pelicans still be in the nba playoffs they absolutely will be in the nba playoffs and not only that oh my god we're, you're gonna play this back for me after all this transpires yes <laughs> i'm gonna lose i my love mind. it <laughs> 
I, I think not only will the Pelicans be in it, but I think we will be sitting in a confident, advantageous position. Obviously, the Trailblazers like host this series. But with that being said, the Pelicans, if nothing else, will at that point in time have no fear of playing in the Moda Center. Whether it's 2-2 two to two or 3-2 to two at the point that you hear this podcast, the Pelicans will, and I will guarantee this, they will have won a game in Portland, even if that yes. like thereby means that Portland will also have won a game in New Orleans. But we will be confident there will be a chance there will be hope even if the series has not been locked up by this if if portland you know what i'll do one better ralph what are you <laughs> doing next saturday let's go to a game my man <laughs> i'll fly in i'll fly in so i'm holding you to this preston Mellis. fuck preston i just called you preston Mellis. well it's you know close. what my middle name starts with an m so you're pretty close all right well at least the people know that I don't fake it on this podcast. I, <laughs> I, I always drink before we start. So that's a great guy. Preston, thanks for joining us. It's been fun. I know it's really late in Orlando, but thanks, guy, for joining us. I appreciate it. People, this has been Drunk History. Uh, British lady, take us out. Thanks to all of our Saints Happy Hour listeners whose donations made Drunk Saints History possible. Until next time, remember, surviving Saints History is hard. That's why God made alcohol. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 